Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. How's it going, everyone? Welcome to a brand new episode of the Phillies Today podcast. I, of course, am your host, Dan Wilson, on this Wednesday, May 3rd, 2023, following uh, a Philly series loss. And the first series loss they've had in about two weeks here. They drop a game 13-1 to at the hands of the Los Angeles Dodgers out at Dodger Stadium. That means they have now lost two games in the series by a combined 21 runs. They have not looked good at all here uh, on the West Coast. And like I mentioned, the first series they've lost in two weeks. You know, they've won every single series since they played the White Sox. Uh, and that was, you know, I believe, four series in a row that they had won, including the Astros, who were the defending World Series champs. Uh, but the Phillies have looked outclassed in the series by a team who won 111 games last year. And they have gone out to Dodger Stadium. The Dodgers have pitched better. They've hit better. They've run the bases better. And frankly, played better baseball in just about every way imaginable. The Phillies have not been competitive in either of these games. Cody Clemens, a position player, has pitched in both of these games. I guess that means he's not available in Wednesday's game. Uh, not exactly his dad on the mound either. Um, but yeah, the Phillies have looked horrible. Again, they dropped 13-1. to They are now 15-16, and so they dip below, back below that 500 mark. Um, and I don't know if enough was made last year of how fortunate the Phillies were, for, quite frankly, to face the Padres in the NLCS as opposed to the Dodgers. I know the Dodgers have not been the greatest postseason team in the last decade or so, really. They consistently have great regular seasons. The only World Series they won was in 2020 after a 60-game regular season, and a lot of people view that championship as Mickey Mouse anyway. But the Phillies are quite fortunate that they did not see this team, this juggernaut of a team, in the playoffs last year and that the Padres bounced them because if you were watching this series and you said to someone who wasn't a huge baseball fan, hey, one of these teams made the World Series last year, uh, won the pennant, and another team got bounced in the first round, you would have zero idea that the Phillies were the team who made the World Series and the Dodgers were the team who got in the first round. That's what this has looked like. It has looked like men against boys in this series. And no, I'm not overreacting or freaking out and saying that this is going to somehow derail the season. Like, the Dodgers are really, really good, and the Phillies have been playing uh, good baseball here for the past couple of weeks and the past couple of series, as I mentioned, uh, but they have not looked ready to play at all in these games. So a few takeaways from last night. Again, Phillies have been blown out twice here at Dodger Stadium. They'll try and salvage the series later today at 4:10 Eastern, a little bit more reasonable uh, than those 10-10 first pitches, which I know is hard for anyone who, you know, isn't a psycho and wants to stay up uh, to 1 a.m. to watch this team get killed as I did the past couple of nights. Uh, my first takeaway 
is that Bryce Harper, again, it was his debut, a lot of high anticipation. Bryce Harper, two months ahead of schedule after his Tommy John surgery, just 160 days removed, uh, making his debut in the lineup for the Philadelphia Phillies as a designated hitter. He batted third last night, and unfortunately was unable to deliver in any way, shape, or form in his debut. Looked very over-anxious. First of all, he went 0-4, for 4, three strikeouts, and my takeaway was that he looked over-anxious. Um, he swung at every single first pitch. He swung at a total of six pitches out of the zone. He does that thing that Bryce Harper tends to do where he looks like he's really trying to kill the baseball and hit the ball 400 feet into the bleachers and you know reenact Matt Stairs' majestic home run into an L.A. sky. But Bryce Harper, so his timing also looked a little off last night, too. Like There were pitches he got to hit, and he swung a little late on them, and pitches that were out of the zone you could tell he had like predetermined in his mind that he was going to swing going into it uh and that's not who Bryce Harper is as a baseball player I mean he is a aggressive baseball player but he's a guy who you know tends to be a smart hitter up at the plate and have a smart eye and you know reading some of the stories and re-watching the bat of that home run he hit against the Padres last year the Bedlam at the bank home run that sealed the pennant for the Phillies, you know, he locked in on those pitches, and he fouls off pitchers' pitches, and he finds his pitch to hit, and he lets balls go. Uh, and that's not what it looked like last night at Dodger Stadium. Again, way over-aggressive, swinging at everything. I think Julio Arias, the starter for the Dodgers, uh, started to pick up on that uh, and knew that he could throw you know, just about anything within reason up there, uh, and Bryce Harper was going to swing at it. So Bryce Harper looked very over-anxious. Again, 0-4-3 strikeouts was... A lot of anticipation going into the game, not a lot of results coming out of the game for either Bryce himself uh, or the Phillies as a whole, again, getting killed 13-1 to uh, late at night. I can't imagine. The, the ratings at the beginning of the game, probably some of the highest that NBC Sports Philadelphia or uh, WIP on the radio broadcast have ever seen for a 10-10 Eastern first pitch on a Tuesday night, would guess a lot of those people not still with the game uh, by the end of it. So... Bryce Harper looked over anxious. He looked a little jittery. He, you know, was trying to do too much, a little over aggressive for my liking. So that was takeaway number one. Hopefully, again, he can quickly snap out of that. I get it was his opening day, and he wants to make an immediate impact as the face of the franchise. Um, but that, that's not going to be a recipe for success. We'd like to see him just take a deep breath uh, and dial it back just a little bit. So that's takeaway number one. Uh, number two, and this has been a takeaway that I've had through both of these games in the series, but in particular last night, sometimes it's just as simple as the other team is more locked in and wants it more. And that's what the Dodgers have looked like. And no, I don't think it's, you know, the only reason why they lost 13 to one or, you know, 13 to four on Monday night. Um, But this Dodgers team, they are just, they're a lineup full of tough outs. They see a lot of pitches, and, you know, when you look at the Phillies lineup the past couple of nights, on Tuesday night especially, when they only had two hits the entire game, uh, the Phillies make quick outs. And the Phillies, you know, swing again, Harper in particular, swinging very early in counts, trying to be aggressive. And I get it. Like, I, I get you're trying to jump on a, you know, first pitch fastball, and that might be the best pitch you see in the entire at bat. But. You, the Dodgers just are so incredibly tough, and they hit. I mean, they just do not stop hitting. They don't stop hustling, even in that eighth inning. And I know Cody Clemens was the pitcher, and but the, the Phillies, or the Dodgers have chased the Phillies bullpen, the starter and the Phillies bullpen out of the game here on back-to-back nights. Like they just, they don't have a dial-it-back mode. That team just goes nonstop. They only have 
one mindset, and that is just to score, score more runs, score more runs, and score more runs again. Uh, and the Dodgers have really made the Phillies look silly the past couple of nights. Again, a lot of tough at bats. They play really, really crisp defense in the field. Um, and, and it's looked like a varsity versus JV type of situation where the Phillies are just struggling to get through the innings. And you dread, it's like the top of the lineup, the Freddie Freemans, the Mookie Betts, the Will Smiths, they come up again and again and again because they just know how to not give away at bats. And this team never gives away at bats. They haven't for a really long time. But in particular in this series, the Phillies have given up way more, given away way more at bats than the LA Dodgers have. So sometimes it's as simple as the other team uh, being more locked in. And in reference to just wanting it more, uh, there was a play last night that I think was you know a good metaphor for kind of the just demeanor of the two clubhouses last night, which was, so there was a play where it was a single... Mookie Betts was on first. There was a single to the outfield, and Brandon Marsh is picking it up in center field and he's throwing it in. And you know, Betts seems like he's kind of just strolling into second base, and that's where the play is going to end. Uh, but he totally deke Brandon Marsh. Like Brandon Marsh, a little lollipop throw back into the infield, uh, and Betts takes off for third base and you know slid in pretty easily. And that's the sign that the Dodgers are just like more locked in than the Phillies are in these games. They're taking extra bases, they're hustling, they're finding little and like the stage I don't want to say it's too big for the Phillies because they're they played in the World Series, but it's like the Dodgers are smelling blood and are, are hunting extra bases and that's how they're and fouling off pitchers' pitches and locking in on their pitch and they're not making mistakes. They're not letting them beat themselves. And the Phillies did a lot of Beating themselves, as good as the Dodgers are uh, in these past couple of games, the Phillies have swung at a lot of bad pitches. The Phillies have swung a lot of early counts uh, when I thought they should have been a little bit more patient. They've lollygagged a throw in. uh, And Edmundo Sosa also had a poor play at third base last night, which is a play he should make. And this is not the first time that Edmundo Sosa, uh, his defense has been of concern here in the first 31 games, I guess it is, of the Philly season. So it's just locking in defensively, locking in on the base paths, locking in at the plate. Baseball's a game that you know they say is 90 to 95% mental. And I think the Dodgers have just been more mentally tuned in to what's happening on the field uh, than the Phillies have. And again, it's not all game. It's not every single at bat. It's not every single play in the field. But little things like that can win or lose you ball games. And had the game been close, that might have been the difference. Bats taking that extra third base. It, it didn't end up mattering. But I guess I'm suggesting that if the Phillies were in a close game last night, or if the Phillies find themselves in a close game today, if the mindset of these two clubhouses, and I don't expect that to change on the Dodgers side, but if the mindset of the Phillies doesn't change from these past two nights in L.A., then I don't see a situation in which the Phillies win you know, a close game here. So that was concerning, uh, and that was kind of just showing me that the Dodgers just frankly wanted it more and have wanted it more in this series. And the, the third thing I wanted to get to here has uh, just been the bullpen woes that have kind of shown themselves a little bit in this series. The bullpen's been really, really strong, um, as well as the offense just not coming to play last night. I mean, the, I'll start with the offense. The Phillies... Only have two hits. One of them was a Trey Turner home run. Nice little return homecoming uh, for Trey Turner. One of them was a home run, but uh, the Phillies only producing uh, two hits on the board last night. And again, one was Turner, and the other one, I believe, was an Edmundo Sosa single. And that's just an off night uh, at the plate. I mean, the Phillies have mostly, even when they don't produce a ton of runs, even on Monday night when they only scored four runs, 
the Phillies, for the most part, have been good at getting 9, 10, 11, like double-digit hits um, in most of their games this season. Even games in which they lose. Like, they oftentimes out-hit their opponent. I've said it a lot, uh, and we've said it a lot as a fan base here uh, in the early going of the season. Like, th- this team hits. It's, it's a lot of times the struggle of hitting in runners who are in scoring position or hitting in runners on base, but... At this particular point, uh, when I'm reca- you know reacting to last night, they, the team did not hit, and they gave away a lot of easy outs. Felt like they gave away a lot of at bats against Arias. As I mentioned, the Dodgers did not do that. They really made Matt Strom work. They made this bullpen work, uh, which takes me to my next point of the bullpen woes. This is now Gregory Soto, uh, Junior Marte, Craig Kimbrell, and Luis Ortiz have all had bad outings in this series, and. You know, it's one outing, and I get sometimes it's just not your day, but you really hope that the success that this bullpen has had the last couple of weeks coming in, you know, whether it's to pick up the slack for Matt Strom because Rob Thompson doesn't want him to go a third time through the order, or Bailey Falter only being, you know, about a five-inning pitcher. The two of those guys that you have in the rotation require four to five bullpen innings a night. And, you know, Nola's been going a lot stronger, and we'll get to him uh, in the next segment because he is going uh, today in L.A. But the end of this rotation has not been giving a lot of length. Taiwan Walker has not been giving uh, this bullpen a lot of length. So they've been coming in and asked to get uh, a lot of outs, a lot of outs in quantity and a lot of big outs, quite frankly. Uh, not a lot of big outs to get in this series. Uh, but a number of the Phillies relievers who have been reliable, again, Kimbrel, Ortiz, and Soto, for the most part, have not been good in this series. Uh, you just hope that doesn't become a trend, doesn't shatter a reliever's confidence, because as we know, you know, relievers are like stocks. They could be great for two weeks, a month, and then you know, one bad outing, and that can get you know, get a guy to unravel. So that's kind of my three takeaways from last night. Uh, Bryce Harper again, looking over anxious. Sometimes it's as simple as the other team is more locked in and wants it more, which I certainly, it feels like the Dodgers have. Uh, And then the bullpen woes and the offense silenced by two hits. It's just really hard to win a game uh, when you only have two hits uh, and when your bullpen is starting to slide here in the past couple of nights. Again, no reason to like totally freak out, uh, but the Phillies find themselves now a game below 500 and they're going to have to sound. If they can salvage the series here today, that will finally get them back to the 500 mark uh, for the third time this season. So that will do it for my first segment. On the other side, going to get into uh, the pitching matchup today. Why I feel it, you know, this is a prime opportunity to go salvage the series. The pitching matchup that the Phillies uh, should definitely have the advantage in. We'll tell you about that. We'll get into what the lineup looked like because this is now the first really full-strength lineup. We know we're not going to see Reese Hoskins this year, uh, but the first full-strength lineup that we've seen out of Rob Thompson, it was up against the lefty last night, so take that into the equation, uh, but it looked a little different, uh, not only because Bryce Harper was in the lineup. We'll get to what that lineup looked like uh, and also what it could look like going forward here, depending on who's on the mound and you know, just how fluid this lineup could be. All of that on the other side. You're listening to the Phillies Today podcast. I, of course, am your host, Dan Wilson. Welcome back to the Phillies Today podcast. I, again, am your host, Dan Wilson. Wanted to get into what that Phillies lineup looked like last night. It didn't look so great last night, as I mentioned. The only two guys who got hits, a Trey Turner solo home run uh, and an Edmundo Sosa single. Uh, But there were a lot of questions going into this game of what the Phillies lineup would look like. Everyone kind of had their idea uh, of what it might look like. Uh, But we saw it change a little bit here last night. We saw it kind of go back to... A little bit of the old ways, and it was the first time we saw Trey Turner and Bryce Harper in the same lineup, and it was really nice to see, you know, Trey Turner, a guy who has struggled to get it going here 
uh, in the first month of the season, the second you stick Bryce Harper behind him and therefore getting him more, getting Turner more pitches to hit because it's a you know a bit of a protection for him, he goes deep, and that was that was awesome to see, and that was maybe the only positive that can be taken away uh, from that Phillies game or this series so far uh, was that in a game which they lost 13 to one, the one run, the solo home run came from a guy who needs to get it going. And a lot of the, the hopeful, the hopeful fan and the optimistic way of looking at this, of bringing Harper back to Trey Turner is going to pick it up here. Besides the fact that, you know, they say water levels itself out with a hitter that that good, and you know he'll, he might have a bad April, and for the rest of the season he'll hit over 300 because that's how good of a hitter he is. The second you stick Bryce Harper behind him, that was really cool to see that he homers, and maybe that's a sign of okay, he's more locked in now. This is what the Phillies lineup's actually going to look like. I got you know a former MVP sitting behind me. I can play to that level too. I'm going to hit a home run. So that was a positive. So I'll get that out of the way. Props to Trey Turner. Bryce Harper comes in the lineup. He might not have looked good at the plate himself last night, but Harper hitting behind Turner certainly impacted uh, Trey Turner going deep. So let's get that out of the way. Now, here's what the lineup looked like. Kyle Schwarber back was back in the leadoff spot. And we heard in the offseason that you know, it seemed like Trey Turner was going to be uh, the pretty regular, before the season, it looked like he was going to be a pretty regular uh, yeah, pretty regular in the leadoff spot. That, of course, changed more recently uh, with Bryson Stott moving up to the leadoff hole. Uh, but Rob Thompson electing to keep Trey Turner in the two-hole, and you'd have to imagine that that's because at least part of the reason is to get Bryce Harper hitting behind him and get try and get Trey Turner going here, and you have the face of the team hitting, and I mean, that's just a lethal duo to get through, Trey Turner and Bryce Harper, but deciding to go, stick Schwarber back at number one as opposed to Bryson Stott uh, was certainly interesting. So they went Schwarber one, again, Trey Turner two, Bryce Harper hitting third, which I think is where he belongs, you know, certainly two or three, but I really like him in that number three spot. Guarantees him in a bat in the first inning, maybe get a couple of base runners on for him. Nick Castellanos batting fourth, Bryson Stott moving down to five, which I thought was interesting. I'll get back to that in a second here. JT Romuto batting sixth. Alec Bohm uh, hit seventh. Brandon Marsh hit eighth. And Amuto Sosa hit ninth. And of course, Schwarber was in left. Turner at shortstop. Harper was the designated hitter and will be for the foreseeable future. Nick Castellanos in right. Bryson Stott was at second base. Romuto catching. Bohm over at first base. Brandon Marsh in center. Uh, and Amuto Sosa over there at third base. And that's the Phillies A team. That, that's what this lineup is going to look like. If you had a Win or go home game or a game where you know, hey, we need to win. This is our best nine we can put up there. Uh, that, that's what this lineup should look like. Now, in terms of the batting order, Bryson Stott didn't necessarily strike me as a five hitter. You know, he's a guy who I, I personally feel like should be either hitting at the top of the lineup, you know, try and maybe lead him off because he works a good at bat and stuff like that. But, you know, maybe if you feel like he's died down a little bit or you just want to get. Uh, your big guns who would usually hit at the top of the order up in front of Turner and Harper and Castellanos. I'm surprised they didn't move Stott down closer to like seven or eight. I mean, that's usually where it, we saw when he first started. When Rob Thompson first began hitting Bryson Stott leadoff, he hit him leadoff, and then the second a lefty was on the mound, he dropped him all the way down to eighth. Was surprised to not see 
uh, Bryson Stott down in the eight hole uh, as opposed to the as opposed to the five hole, um, because the guy again the guy works a good at bat, but usually when you think of a five hole hitter, you think maybe a little bit more power. I probably would have bumped Real Muto up there. Um, but Rob Thompson, you know, has the lineup card for a reason. So at least first glance at this Phillies order, and important to note, there was a lefty uh, and Arias on the mound. So it'll be interesting to see if this lineup changes with righties. We know Rob Thompson really likes to give himself every possible advantage, lefty righty, uh, in particular in rotating lefty righty. Uh, you know, especially for the fact of not being able to let the opposing team's manager, you know, create some matchup problems with the bullpen late in game. So if you really want Trey Turner, you know, batting in front of Bryce Harper, it makes sense that you would want a lefty in front of him. Of course, Stott's a lefty as well. So I was surprised that if he's not going to hit leadoff that he wasn't lower in the order. This lineup only has one repeat of righty-lefty in between. It goes Schwarber lefty, Turner righty, Harper lefty, Castellanos righty, Stott left-handed, Realmuto right-handed, Bohm right-handed. It's the only time it happens. Marsh left-handed and Sosa right-handed. And then, of course, it loops back around uh, to Schwarber hitting left-handed. So only one spot in the order do you have right-handed, left-handed, not rotating. Uh, will be interesting to see if Bryson Stott, if that was kind of just an experiment, uh, a temporary thing, batting him lead-off, seems like he's now going to be uh, following the big guns, the Schorber, Turner, Harper, Castellanos, uh, Murderer's Row, and it can be Murderer's Row if those guys are all clicking on all cylinders. So I, I would have liked to maybe see. I'm, I was surprised, I should say, not maybe. Like I, I like Bryson Stott. I don't mind him um, hitting high in the order. I probably would have preferred him six or lower if you're not going to have him in that leadoff spot. But again, that's why Rob Thompson has the lineup card. Doesn't necessarily. Work out as a perfect five hitter, Alec Bohm or JT Realmuto probably uh, more stereotypically fits that bill. Uh, but that's what this lineup looked like at first glance. Transitioning to, uh, we don't know what the lineup will look like for today's 4-10 game against the Dodgers, uh, but we do know who the starting pitchers will be. It'll be Aaron Nola and his 4.46 ERA going up against Gavin Stone, who'll be making his major league debut. He's the fourth-ranked prospect in the Dodgers organization, so certainly uh, the Phillies have experience on their side and should have the pitching advantage in this game to try and salvage a series. Uh, Nolan's cu- coming off his best starter, Coming off the best starter performance of the year, his best start and the best starting performance the Phillies have had this year, going eight innings, allowing just one run in Houston. Before that, he went seven innings and allowed three runs. Um, so this is a spot where you know you hope Aaron Nola doesn't go back to his early struggles of the season. Maybe he's found something a little bit uh, and can kind of be a stopper. Again, not a huge skid here. They've only lost two in a row, but they have lost these two games in spectacular fashion. Uh, so really need a big start out of Aaron Nola and hope he can go deep into this game as well. Uh, but you would imagine the bullpen is, if he can't go deep into this game, uh, the bullpen for the most part is relatively available. At least the guy, the, your leverage guys, you know, you've had to use Kimbrel, you've had to use Soto, you've had to use Ortiz in this series. Uh, Soto last night, uh, but Alvarado hasn't really stepped in. Dominguez didn't pitch last night, and you have an off day tomorrow. Uh, so for the most part, you would expect this bullpen to be at full disposal. The Phillies, again, playing at 410 Eastern Time, will be 110 out in LA uh, as they look to improve to 16 and 16. That would be 500 uh, for the third time this season. That'll do it for today's episode of the Phillies Today podcast. Be sure to Check back here for episodes each and every day. Once again, I'm your host, Dan Wilson. Go Phils. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. 
With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did.